from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. My guest today on the podcast is NFL All-Pro Carson Palmer. Palmer looking for the home run ball. Deep down the sideline. Jackson redirecting his body for the touchdown. Carson is the latest high-profile pro athlete to get into the CBD game. Palmer won the Heisman Trophy in 2002 and went on to spend 15 seasons as a quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, the Oakland Raiders, and the Arizona Cardinals. He retired in 2018, and since then, he's partnered with CBD brand Level Select as an investor and a spokesperson. even appears in their new ad campaign, which is the first national broadcast ad campaign for a CBD brand. Level Select CBD is the brand athletes count on to stay in the game. Level Select makes a line of performance-based CBD sports creams, roll-ons, and oil drops. In our interview, we talk about how Carson first discovered CBD and why he has since become a big fan. Then we get into the nitty-gritty of the habits that he's developed early on in his NFL career, the work habits, the training habits, and how he carries all the things that he's learned in the NFL over to his regular life where he is not only a spokesperson for CBD, but also getting into the real estate industry. So this is a great interview for entrepreneurs and sports fans alike. I really enjoyed meeting Carson. Very cool, down-to-earth guy. I hope you enjoy my interview with Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about when you first discovered CBD. Probably 2015. 15 or 16, I had a, a dog at the time. It was about that time to put him down. Our dog, Nemo, he was a German Shepherd. Awesome dog, awesome family dog. But he just started slowing down and he wasn't ready. We weren't ready to put him down. And we went to a holistic doctor at the time. This is, this is back before CBD was mainstream. And so we had taken him to a doctor. He couldn't really get up off of his bed when he did. He was a German shepherd, so they're notorious for having bad hips. And you could just tell his hips were really hurting him, but he still loved the kids. The kids, he, could, he still wanted to play with them. And so we had taken him to a holistic doctor. This holistic doctor was making her own CBD oils. And so she had tried her CBD at the time, sprinkling it into his food and boom, like that. He had another six months of life and pain-free life. And unfortunately, at, at one point, it got to the point where he just, his body was breaking down. His, he had some cancer. It was breaking down his, some intestinal issues he was having, and we had to put him down. But I saw it. I was still playing at the time. I was, I was uh, year 14 or 15 in my football career. And I saw it happen overnight for my dog to just out of pain and able to get up out of bed and run around. I was having a tough time myself getting up out of bed and after games, having some soreness. And so that was my first real experience of this works and I need to explore this and look into this more. So that, that 2015 into 2015 is when I first had my experience with CBD. And did you know 
that humans could use it too? And that did you use it for your own injuries? Because as you said, you were, it was tough for you to get out of bed by 15 years in the NFL. I can imagine that's, that can be tough. Yeah, no, I, I knew nothing about it at the time. I was, at, you know, with your dog, with your kids, you're willing to do whatever it takes. If, if they're in pain, if they're sick, and I knew we knew our dog was in pain. We knew we needed to do something other than a pain pill or anything like that for our dog. And so I knew nothing about it. That was my first experience. I started researching it. And then about a year later, a golfing buddy of mine at the time in, in Phoenix, he was Todd was working with a company called LifeLock in cybersecurity world. And Todd, one day when we're playing golf, was like, hey, what do you know about the CBD thing? And I told him about my dog and that story. And that's all I know, Todd. And all of a sudden, a year later from that, I think mid 2017, Todd had this idea when this company called Cadenwood and Level Select, and then that turned into this snowball and it just got going and it got a full head of steam. The president at that time had passed the ag bill where CBD was legal. So that's kind of like how this whole thing came about. When did you start taking CBD for your own condition? My first time was a gel or uh, I guess it was a, a lotion that Todd had given me saying this is kind of our first round. I think they had called it something like ice chill or something, you know, before level select. But I was done playing. I had some knee issues and I was a great guinea pig, to be honest. I mean, I, I was in California at the time and I was having a lot of knee issues. I was trying to work out and trying to run on asphalt, which was not a good combination for me. So he had come over, he had this idea, he had this new product he wanted to try. I was like, dude, give it to me right now. Boom, slapped it on my knee and I felt the immediate effects. And he was he was just getting this business started and, and trying to work out some details. And I was like, let me know, I'm in, I love it. He let me keep, he actually had, he brought a, um, a tester kit and he had let me keep that. My wife at the time had some, she, my wife trains hard and lifts a lot of weights and, and loves working out. And, she had some neck and shoulder issues. And I wanted to be like, this is too good to be true right now. Let me know that I'm not crazy. And this isn't in my mind. My wife started using it on her neck and shoulders. And as soon as she bought in, I knew that Todd was onto something. Yeah. Was there ever any concern with you that CBD might like get you high? I think a lot of people have this misconception that it's, you know, that it's going to have THC in it and get you feeling high. Did that concern you at first? Did you? For sure. This is back before Cadenwood and Level Select was seed to shelf. I mean, this is like, this is very, very early on. I didn't know anything about it other than it worked for my dog. It's making my knee, knee feel a lot better. It's helped my wife with her shoulder. So I, I dove in and did a bunch of research. I researched on what Cadenwood was trying to do and where Level Select was headed. I realized it's a totally different plant. Hemp is a completely different plant than marijuana. And so I did a ton of research. I read everything I could, and you never quite know what you're reading, especially on the internet. But after meeting with Todd, after meeting with Eric Dickens and, and sitting there and looking at this company is something that I wanted before I was going to be a spokesman for it. I wanted to be able to trust it. And I wanted to know exactly what it is I'm putting in my body. I was from the world where the NFL is strict on drug testing. And you have to be so careful what you put in your body, what you put on your body. And after playing for 15 years, I got really good at knowing what is okay and what is borderline and what is a no-no. And so with the NFL's drug protocol system and with all of, in the NFL, if you test positive for something, not only is your name thrown and drugged through the mud, but you lose 
hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. And so from a financial standpoint, you're going to take a big hit. So I got really good at having the right people, the right doctors from my USC days in Los Angeles. And I have a was fortunate enough to have a great network to run products by and was so careful on exactly what I was putting on my body and in my body and didn't want to teeter the line. And it was black and white with me. There was no gray areas. I was so focused and just careful. You know, I've, I've got young kids. I know a lot of kids look up to me and I did not, like I said, I, it was black and white. I did not want to test any waters and dip my toes in. It was yes or no, black and white. And so I sent the product that I was getting from Cadenwood off to different people that I really, really trusted in that world. And that was when all the, the information came back to me is when I realized that this is a company that I can trust. This is a company that I know exactly what it is in the package. What it says is on the labeling is what's in it. There is not anything else. It is seed to shelf. It doesn't go to a second party and a third party. Cadenwood grows the plant, produces the product, sends it directly to the consumer. And that efficiency and that line, that line that they that they are in made it really easy for me to be like, okay, this is something that I know. I know I can trust and I know I can put on my body, put in my body, and I know what's in it. There is no you know, potential contamination from a third party or a second party. So your role, obviously you're a good spokesperson, you can hear it here. <laughs> your role as a spokesperson is obvious. Do you have any decision making? Are you making any decisions in the sort of, as far as the business goes? Are you, are you involved in any of the business decisions? No, I'm not. I mean, that that's for the professionals. I'm a spokesperson. I also invested in it because I believe in the group that's running it. I believe in the product. But because of my relationship with Eric Dickens, with Todd, I've got to sit in meetings. I've got to sit in board meetings. And I wanted to learn the business just because I like learning new things. And I got to sit in on multiple calls. I went to Newport Beach and sat in, like I said, in, in a board meeting and got to hear them talk about this company and, and them talk about the next rounds and the next phases of this company. I'm super excited where it's headed. It's not just level select. It's There's different T's. There's, I've gotten into the ZZZ product, which helps you sleep, which I actually just went on an awesome fishing trip that I was super pumped about. And every time I get ready to go on these fishing trips, I can't sleep the night before. And then you start the trip and you haven't slept the night before and you're tired, but you're so amped and pumped to be there. And so Eric sent me some of the, the new uh, ZZZ oil drops. And there's just a little dispenser you put it underneath your tongue. And I slept as good as I possibly could have slept before this, this fishing trip. So I, there's a number of avenues this company is headed. And like I said, I was sitting on, and on the board meeting and I got to hear about some of these new products and these ideas that they're coming up with. And it's really exciting. So clarify this for me. Is, is CBD legal in the NFL? Like if they found CBD in your system as a player, that would be okay? It can't be tested. They're not testing for it. So yes, it is legal. If this product was around when I was playing, I absolutely would have used it. I know guys are using it, but they're not testing for it. And it is not an illegal substance. THC is tested for certain times of the year, but CBD is not tested for. And I don't think it's long before doctors, uh, the, the team doctors, the team trainers, the physical therapists are prescribing this for players' ailments. Do you talk to other NFL athletes about about this? I know that um, like I had Brett Favre on the show. He's also has a CBD brand that he's a spokesperson for. It seems like a lot of slowly a lot of NFL players are discovering this. A lot of professional athletes in general, but I've noticed a lot of um, NFL players. 
in particular, maybe because the nature of your sport, it's pretty grueling, right? And a lot of injuries. Do you guys talk, have you talked to any of these guys about it and kind of like being a sort of spokesperson for the CBD in general to get it more accepted within with the government, within the leagues, within the community, et cetera? You talk to any of the guys? All the time. And yes, tons of players are using it. There's no doubt about that in all sports. We're talking about NFL, NBA, baseball, golf, whatever it may be. You just want to feel great on Sunday and you want to feel great on Wednesday when you're walking out to the practice field. And it's almost impossible to, especially as the season goes on. You're just not, you're not going to feel 100%. And I think back to when I was at USC and the guys that ran on the track team, guys, the 100 meter sprinters and the 200 meter sprinters would not compete unless they felt 100%. They would take a day off, they would take a week off, they would make sure them they were getting right to feel 100%. That's not the case in other professional sports. We just got done watching the NBA playoffs and these guys are playing every other night on the hardwood. Professional athletes are playing and competing and you want to feel great. It's just not possible to feel 100% on game day, on practice day when you're trying to perform. And back in my days when I was playing, I wanted to look great on Wednesday and Thursday and have a great practice so that my teammates saw me practicing at a high level. My coaches saw there's a certain level of trust and hope and faith that your teammates and coaches have in you. And I remember guys doing whatever it took just to feel a little bit better, to feel have a little bit more energy for their hamstring that's just bugging them. You know, it's been bugging them for a month just just to get it right and make it feel great for practice. They're maybe taking some opioids, right? Like, they, and, I mean, there's a problem with maybe painkillers and stuff and CBD at least is a natural remedy, right? Because I know there's a problem in every sport with painkillers and Brett Favre said he was addicted to them at one point. I mean, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And I know a bunch of guys have used painkillers before practice because they didn't want to get cut. They didn't want their play, their play time to get decreased. They wanted to look good on certain plays when they knew their number was being called. So that play would get called in the game. I mean, there's a number of reasons why it's not just great to feel great on Sunday. You want to feel great during the week. And unfortunately, a lot of guys have used painkillers and that has turned into, it ends up being a much bigger issue for guys down the road or during the season. I I, I have friends that use painkillers way too often and it's become a problem in their life after football. And um, it's just not the right way to handle pain. Sometimes the right way to handle pain is you need to go in there and have surgery and fix whatever that problem is. But then you get out of surgery and you're in so much pain from a doctor with a scalpel, opening you up, pulling you apart, reattaching, cutting, trimming, sewing you back up. I got to the point where I had multiple surgeries and I got out of surgery. I just wasn't willing to do it. I wasn't willing to take a painkiller and Vicodin, Percocet, all of those things. I've seen firsthand what those issues end up being for families and for individuals. And I'm not saying rub some CBD on it after you walk out of out of this, you know, a surgeon's room in your home and you're dealing with pain, but there are alternatives to painkillers and there are different routes to go down. And CBD is a great route to go down, whether you're an athlete and you just want to play pickup basketball on the weekends with your buddies, or you want to keep up with your kids and play with your kids. There are alternatives to painkillers and level select is a great alternative. It's been a phenomenal alternative for myself and my wife. What's been the secret to your longevity? I mean, you have been playing since, you know, you've been in like junior high school, right? Football. And you're 15 year veteran of the NFL. That's, that's like, that's like in dog years. That's like, you're like 150 years old. That's incredible that you were last in the, in the sport for so long. So, and you never were addicted to painkillers. You obviously said that you were. So what do you think was the secret to staying? So, you know, I know you had your injuries in your career, but 
you still managed to, to stay in there for 15 years. So what do you, what do you think it was that helped you both physically? And I'm also wondering just mentally, but let's talk about physically first. Yeah. When I got in the league, I had some great role models that were older guys in front of me that took great care of their bodies. And when you first get in the NFL, you're 19, 20 years old, you can't get hurt. You can't, you don't feel pain. You get banged up on Sunday and you wake up Monday morning. You almost feel like you're Superman and you can't fathom the 35 year old guy in the locker room that you're seeing get massages and acupuncture and limping around and, and you recover so fast at an early age. And when I was at, I was at that early age where I walked in the locker room and I had two 35 year old guys that were like, this is what you do. And this is how you do it. And you start now because it's a habit. So I took that to heart. I started a habit a ritual of every Wednesday, every Friday, I was getting massages. Thursday, I was going to the acupuncturist. Friday, I was getting adjusted. And so I started a habit at a very young age. And I didn't need to at that time. I didn't feel pain. I didn't have soreness. I didn't have muscle aches when I was 19 and 20 years old in the NFL. And so I, it was a habit. It was a formed habit that when I got to be 29 and 30 and 32 and 35, those bumps and bruises, I was taking such great care of my body from the jump, from year one, my rookie year in the NFL. And I've seen guys that didn't, and they didn't do anything. They, they came in, they played, they worked, they partied, they did all these things off the field. They didn't spend the time getting massages, taking care of their bodies. And then they got to be 34 and they go, hold on now, this, what do I need to do? I'm like, dude, it's too late. I mean, you can get a massage now and you can, but if you start taking care, great care of your body at 33, 34, 35, you're not going to continue to feel great and, and your career is going to come to an end because of the lack of maintenance on your body. And so I started the maintenance on my body year one, and it just carried me through my years. And then I got to be the 34, 35 year old guy. And I was giving the same advice I was getting when I was 20 from the 35 year old guys to these first round picks and second round picks that were coming to the league. I was like, listen, if there's one thing I'll tell you, there's a lot of things I should tell you about this league, but the one thing you need to start doing is forming habits, taking great care of your body at 1920, all the way through your career. So that was instrumental in my success and my longevity in the league is just starting early in the maintenance and taking great care of my body. That's so interesting. I mean, I find that a lot of successful people have habits and they adopt habits that they do their whole life and it really helps them get through and be successful in every, in anything that they pursue. What about your other habits in your life, sort of your maybe mental habits? Do you have sort of rituals that you like a morning ritual or any other things that you could advise to people, some habits that you've adopted over the years that have really helped you succeed? I don't know if it's a good habit or bad habit, but I cannot wait for my morning cup of coffee. <laughs> I've got mine too, right here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, it's a habit. It's a necessity for me. I've got four young kids, so it's definitely a necessity. But when I wake up in the morning, I wish I woke up and read every morning and got my reading done because I, I like studying successful people and Warren Buffett to a lot of different people. But one of the things Warren Buffett and, and some of the smartest, most successful people on the planet talk about is reading. And I'm trying to be a better reader and read more, but I still take great care of my body. I still, I don't lift heavy weights like I do. I go through phases where I get into late weightlifting and then I get out, but stretching Pilates, my wife started doing this. Uh, it's like an aerobics class called Tracy Anderson. I started doing that. It's it's embarrassing to talk about, actually. <laughs> have brought that up, but no, but it's functional movement. It's not loading a bunch of weight on your back and squatting. It's the stuff that is really difficult on your joints and on on your your just skeletal structure. I always go back to that because that's my football days, and I do it for a bit, and then I get out of it and go into more functional movement, more stretching, more flexibility stuff. 
So my habit that has carried over from my playing days is just body maintenance. I, I get on a roller, a foam roller. Some people see and you can see people doing it at the gym. If, if you used to go to the gym before gyms got closed down, but just rolling out muscles, rolling out tissue and trying to stay away from the small, the tissue injuries that, you know, the hamstring, the groin, the quad, all those things that can pop up on you. I, I try to maintain those as much as possible. How do you prepare mentally? Like even before a game or maybe before a tough day with four kids, do you meditate? Do you do mindfulness? What's your kind of preparation to kind of focus yourself mentally? Yeah, I haven't gotten into mindfulness or meditation or any rule. I, I was never very superstitious. My whole mental thing was, and I learned from succeeding and failing at this, is being as mentally prepared for a football game as I could. Knowing, memorizing every formation, every possible route concept, every defense, watching film as much as I could on the opposing team and seeing what certain coverages and certain blitzes look like and trying to burn those into my brain. And I did a great job of that. I also failed a couple of times and went into a Sunday where I woke up Saturday night or Sunday, early Sunday morning at two in the morning and like sweats and just deep, just sweating anxiety going into this game going, man, I didn't prepare like I should have this week. Right. It's like going into a test and you didn't study enough, right? Totally. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as school is like, you got a final exam tomorrow and you decided to go out with your buddies when you knew you should have looked over these documents three or four more times. So I've succeeded and failed. And I didn't need the mindfulness. I didn't need to meditate. I needed to know the game plan inside and out. I needed to know the potential coverage as I was going to see Sunday morning inside and out. Because if I didn't, I would go into a game with less confidence. I would go into a game with anxiety and nothing. It's almost like that. I have a daughter that just has a fear of being late. She counts down the clock in the morning when it's time to go to school. And I know how she feels and I totally get it. And I try to make sure that she's not ever late and has to feel like that because that's how I would feel going into a game on Sunday a couple of times when I just didn't quite put the time in like I knew I should have. It's an anxiety. It's a lack of preparation. And it ends up being you end up losing confidence in yourself and in your abilities because and I hated going into a game like that. And I made sure that didn't ever happen again after it did happen. How about post NFL? Do you approach your life with the same kind of dedication to, you know, knowing what's, you know, preparing? You mentioned that you did a lot of research on CBD. I wonder if that was probably carried over from your NFL days where you really want to know about what you were getting into and did like a deep dive so that if you were going to talk to somebody like me about the benefits of CBD, you felt like you'd really researched it. Yeah. So I'm more or less in the real estate world now. I mean, I've got books that I'm reading all over the place that you know, just notes I'm taking all, you know, just stuff I've been studying nonstop. I've always been fascinated in real estate and commercial and, and residential and have started a, a very small company here with a partner in that world. And my partner is as well-versed as you could possibly be on developmental real estate. And so I'm not trying to catch up with him, but he's just feeding me stuff all the time. I'm researching stuff all the time and I'm pretty good at studying. I'm pretty good at researching I because I, I got so good at studying film and studying playbooks and knowing how my brain absorbs and how my brain works and whether, and realizing that I'm a visual learner. And so my football studying back in the day when I was playing, you know, you go to practice, you have family time. And then I would spend at whether I was at the facility or at home after a return from the facility during the week, I'd spend six hours a day, seven hours a day, just sitting down at a desk, studying, watching film, sitting on a computer like this, watching film, going through playbooks, going through my notes from the previous weeks, going through my notes from the years prior when I played against this defensive coordinator. And then after that game, I would jot down notes, just 
you know, I built up a great database of football and I have a PhD in football. And so um, that is totally carried over. And I've absorbed a lot of information in the real estate world and been able to learn it fairly quickly. And I study it just like I was studying football, more or less. And so it, it definitely has carried over in, into my next, uh, my next career. Just to close out here, what's the best piece of advice? What's the advice that you give to young quarterbacks coming into the league? Is that your main bit of advice that you like to, to impart that prepare, prepare, prepare? Because you're a leader and you obviously have been a leader for a long time. What do you tell the young guys about how to prepare and be ready and succeed? Yeah, I, I actually give them, the first thing I do is give them, here, here's what your Tuesday should look like. Here's what your Wednesday of a football season. Here's what Tuesday looks like. Here's what Wednesday looks like. Here's what Thursday and Friday and so on. And the best advice that I got that I continue to give is watch yourself, watch your opponent and study your opponent, but go back and watch yourself every week. Watch what your opponent is watching and see what tendencies you're putting on film. Cause you don't, a game comes and goes and then the next game plan and then it comes and goes and you practice and blah, 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 blah. And you forget so quickly that, man, you need to critique yourself and you need to watch yourself with somebody else that will critique you harshly and see what you're doing is good and bad. See why you made this mistake. Hear somebody else tell you why they think you made this mistake. And then as soon as the off season hits, go back and watch your previous seat. Go back and watch those 16 games over and over and over and over again. Because like I said, it, when, when you cram a 16 week schedule into 16 weeks and 16 different game plans and you get a new playbook each week and it changes, you get just so much, so much information overload. And that's 16 different teams that you're trying to uncover when they're disguising certain coverages and trying to see their weaknesses and find the weakness or the weakest player on that defense. It's so much, it's just a, information overload and go back and watch it go back as soon as the season's over don't go on vacation to hawaii don't sit back and watch yourself and burn it into your brain how you played take notes like i said i i took notes after every game of that defensive coordinator because the same defense coordinators bounce around coach for three years get fired and then go sell insurance they coach for three years get fired and they go to a new team and a new team so i you know i, I have a database a database of 50 60 defensive coordinators that i played you know, six, seven, eight times, sometimes 10 times, sometimes. And so go back and watch yourself, take notes after those games, what that defensive coordinator got you with. And it sure enough, it works every time I threw a pick on a will corner safety blitz in week three of 2005. And I didn't see that coordinator again until week eight of 2007. And I know he, I know he remembers that game and I know he took a note of that game. So you go back in that 2007 season, you go, all right, I bet he's going to bring a wheel corner blitz because he got me with it and I need to be prepared for it. And he hasn't shown it in the previous three or four weeks of the season. Sure enough, I was mentally prepared because I knew he got me with that blitz that it might come up. Sure enough, that game comes along and he brought wheel corner out of nowhere on third down on the minus 20 yard line in the third quarter. Whatever that situation is, keeping a database of the tendencies of the people that, that you've seen in years prior is so beneficial for these young quarterbacks. And it's so cool. Can you carry that over to the real world? I'm wondering how you can, because there's obviously not tape of you and, you know, now that you're retired, uh, watching yourself, but it's a obviously a big part of, of the way you performed in, in the NFL. Is there a way to kind of watch yourself in the real world, you know, when the cameras aren't on? Yeah, I'm, I'm old school. Like I said, I mean, I've got, I take just note after note after note and I go back and read them all the time. Notes about yourself or about real estate or just notes on like, for instance, 
sitting in a pitch, sitting in a pitch for a certain real estate deal that came up. How did I feel walking out of that pitch? What did I think about that product? What did I think about that idea? Then you go home and you do your due diligence and you do your research and you think about your research. You t- I take notes again and then I go back on how I felt that day walking out of that meeting. Like, man, this is a great piece of dirt. This is a great project. Then you do run the numbers and the numbers don't pencil. And it gives you, because I forget, I, I've been hitting the head too many times. I, I, I forget. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So let alone a pitch I sat through three months ago and then did all the due diligence on, on what that project actually is and crunch the numbers and, and realize, okay, these numbers don't pencil in. This product doesn't make sense. Going back and then going, oh, and actually I took a note three months ago on this, walking out of this meeting, like, man, this doesn't seem like these numbers that they're forecasting make any sense. And then you can align those two different dates and really cross-reference the notes from current day to back when you walked out of that pitch. And you're also taking notes on your own behavior, right? Like didn't like the way I did that pitch or, you know, this guy didn't seems to like this type of pitch more than this. I don't know, right? Like you're just, it seems like you're just constantly researching yourself and the, and your opponent or your people that you're interacting with. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I, I think we need to keep tabs on ourselves. Like I said, I, I forget so many little things throughout the day. The only way I can do it, and I'm not an iPad guy where I can, I'm old school. I like hard copies. I like paper and I like being, even though you have to thumb through it and flip, flip through 50, 60 pages and sometimes you can't find it. And I've got a file cabinet over here full of stuff that I need to hold paper and and a hard copy. And I need to, I need to take notes on myself. And that is from my football days. I mean, it was from when I would sit there and watch film with my coach and my coach is saying, you need more depth in your five-step drop. This play action fake needs to look better. Just sitting there taking note after note after like note. What are some notes that you've taken on yourself? I'm just curious how that, how that sounds. What are notes I've taken on myself? Yeah. On yourself. Like, yeah, not, not, um, in the NFL, but in like your real estate days. I actually took, I did a, a interview a couple years ago for broadcasting. I was thinking about going into broadcasting. And so I went and did, I flew to LA and, and did a demo game with a couple other guys that were interviewing for this job. And I got back on the plane. I felt like it went terrible. I was like, man, that was, it was my first time ever doing it, ever being in a booth, calling a game, the headset on the whole deal. And I remember sitting on the plane and I asked for a scotch and I'm sitting on the plane and, you know, I'm going through and and taking, everything was negative. I was running on, rambling on. I was not loud enough. I wasn't energetic enough, whatever it was. I went through and took notes and got a call from the next day. And they're like, you were amazing. We were offering you the job, you know, this awesome, everything was perfect. And I was like, sitting there on the phone with this guy and I'm going back through my, I'm like, well, what about the second segment? And what I felt was so negative And I thought was, I was doing a bad job. I ran right through the commercial break and he was applauding me and going through. And so then I, then I went back through and took notes about how good this was when actually it felt so bad. So, you know, it's just a great way to reflect. It's a great way to put your thoughts on paper. It's a great, sometimes you can't say it the way it actually went. Sometimes it comes off better and, and is more descriptive when you can write it down. So that's just how my my brain operates. No, I think that's really interesting. And you do those notes sort of in real time or do you do them in the morning? Do you have like a morning time that you take to take notes or do you just sort of do them as they happen? If I'm sitting in meetings, I'm taking notes nonstop. And then because I'm sloppy, I'll then get home and rip that page out of my my book and rewrite it and reorganize it. Carson, this is so interesting. You're, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and good luck with the CBD launch. And thank you for coming on board the CBD train. I think a lot of people really appreciate your support and it's awesome to meet you. I appreciate that. Nice to meet you. Thank you. All right, Carson. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. 
To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later. 